Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. We've recently partnered with an organization called 4Blog, a nationwide community of veterans and employers dedicated to transforming the veteran transition process. The organization was founded by Marine Corps veteran Mike Abrams, who was inspired to support transitioning veterans in finding their purpose so that they could have a positive impact in their communities. Warblock has helped more than 2,500 veterans find rewarding careers with more than 500 sought-after companies across the United States. With impressive success rates among its alumni, many of them continue to pay it forward and come back to Warblock to teach, mentor, and hire veterans in transition. In today's podcast, Mike and I will discuss his motivation for founding Warblock, the Career Readiness Program, and his advice for transitioning service members. Check out the notes for this episode for a link to Forblock's website to learn more about the organization and how to apply to the Career Readiness Program. If you have any questions about this interview or topics for an upcoming podcast, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Mike. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, it's great to be here, Megan. Yes, I, I'm very excited to talk to you. You actually are our first guest of 2021, so um, we're getting off to a good start. So thank you again for joining. Great, thanks. So, you know, you guys have a very cool organization over there. I've done a lot of research since we decided that we were going to partner and then also do this podcast to tell our audience about four blocks. So we're going to talk all about that, the awesome services that you offer to transitioning service members. But before we get into that, you've got an interesting background yourself. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, your background, your military background, education, and um, yeah, we'll just go from there. Sure. Um, sounds great. Yeah, you know, I grew up in, in upstate New York. I went to SUNY Cortland uh, for my undergrad. And uh, when 9-11 hit uh, the next day, I went down to the uh, recruiting station and, and started the process for joining Officer Candidate School. And um, I ended up finishing up uh, college a year later, and then commissioned into the Marine Corps in uh, January 2003. Uh, so ended up becoming a artillery officer. Uh, so went to was stationed in Hawaii, which was fantastic. But from Hawaii, we did our deployments overseas. So didn't get to spend too much time on the island, but it was nice going back to the island every for uh, for a couple of weeks at a time. Anyway, uh, so first uh, deployment was uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, so was in all over Southeast Asia, all over different countries and things. And then uh, right after that, uh, uh, just a few weeks after coming home from that deployment, uh, was attached to uh, Lima Company, 3rd Battalion, 3rd Marines, uh, which was an infantry company. And we went to Afghanistan and I was the uh, artillery forward observer. Uh, so did that, uh, then ended up going back to New York City um, to be the officer selection officer, which was basically a recruiter for officer candidate school. Uh, and then it was... Um, that during that time, during that experience where uh, you know, I, I began to transition out myself and started to think about four block. Uh, so I know we'll get into that here in a minute, uh, but uh, ended up leaving active duty in 2010, end of 2010 timeframe, went into the reserves. Uh, so did some time with the public affairs office there, joined um, 3rd Battalion, 14th Marines, which was an artillery unit uh, outside of Philadelphia. Um, and currently stationed at the Pentagon in the what's called the uh, the Joint Staff, the J33, um, which is the Anti-Terrorism Force Protection Branch. So that's what I'm I'm doing right now. Very cool. So uh, you mentioned that you joined the military after 9/11. Did you also have um, family members who were in service, or was that just you know such a huge event for you that kind of put 
you know, your life into perspective and made you think this is what I want to do. Now, I actually had a long history of family who had served in in all the all the wars. Uh, actually, did some. Uh, my mom asked me to do some research a couple of years ago into my my dad's side of the family and was able to unofficially um, learn that my one of my great 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 grandfathers served in the Ulster County New York militia during the Revolutionary War, uh, and then had uh, an uncle, a great uncle who served in the Civil War, and great grandfather. Um, in World War One, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, grandfather in World War Two, and then my dad served in Vietnam. So had a long history of you know family who had served, and you know my family jokes, my mom jokes. My first teddy bear was dressed in, in army fatigues, and you know, I was General <laughs> Patton for Halloween for like 15 years. So I think uh, they, my my dad brainwashed me to to a degree. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, I I guess I always had it in the back of my mind, and then you know when 9/11 happened. Uh, I was, you know, I, I just, I just thought this was my opportunity to carry on the family tradition and to step up, um, you know, up to that point in time, I hadn't given it much thought. I was really into sports and, you know, wanted to be a teacher and, you know, coach basketball and football and stuff. But, you know, just like, you know, a lot of other people when 9-11 happened, it, it, it changed, the, changed the world, changed the, the trajectory of a lot of, a lot of lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now, that's interesting that you mentioned, you know, some of the things that you thought you might do before, uh, like teaching or coaching. So when you when it came time for you to transition out of the military, were those things that you wanted to revisit or did you have another career path in mind? Well, when I was transitioning out, I was in New York City. Uh, so I really wanted to um, I really wanted to get back into or, or, or try my hand at business. Um, you know, I was looking at a lot of different companies. It's It's hard to not think that way when you're surrounded by, you know, business folks in New York City, particularly a lot of other Marines who, who transitioned out and got into business. And so I was really interested in it. And then uh, a Marine, who, a Vietnam era Marine, I was having coffee with him one day and uh, he gave me some really good advice. And, um, you know, he was asking me about whether or not I was going to transition out, if I was staying in. And, you know, I told him, hey, I'm getting out. And he was like, what's your plan? I said, well, yeah, I'm going to get into business. I'm going to, you know, make all this money. And, you know, I was kind of talking up, talking a big game. And he kind of looked at me and he goes, who's going to hire you? <laughs> and I was, I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm a Marine captain. I was you know, Viet, or, uh, you know, Afghanistan veteran. Uh, and he goes, who cares? Like what, what type of value do you bring to a company? What, what experience do you have in, in the business world? You know, what internships have you done or what, what, what degree do you have that's going to make you valuable to a JP Morgan or a financial firm or whatever? And it really was a, I mean, it was a punch in the gut a bit and it really allowed, you know, it gave me an opportunity to self-reflect. Um, and that's why I made the decision to go to, go to business school just to at least you know, get some, get some uh, knowledge around business and at least have that, have that degree that a lot of civilian you know, companies uh, understood and valued. So um, I really didn't have a plan when I transitioned out. I wish I did, um, but it, it turned out okay. Well, and that's, I mean, that's part of the reason I'm really glad we're having this conversation because I think a lot of people that we talk to in our business, you know, just with um, trying to find people jobs, there are a lot of people, they aren't necessarily sure what they want to do. So um, I think that, you know, coming from someone like you, who's really made a name for yourself and you've done a lot of really great things. I think sometimes it's nice to hear from someone like you to say, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do either. I think a lot of times we have this you know, vision in our mind for people that accomplish all of these great things in business is that they've always had this drive to do so. They always knew what they wanted to do. And, you know, clearly you're saying that that wasn't the case for you either. But 
I know you also had a career prior to four block. And when we talked previously, when we were scheduling this podcast, you mentioned some consulting and things that you did there. So do you want to talk briefly about, you know, what you did before four block? Sure. So, so my, actually my first, my first post-military experience was uh, at NBC. So I worked uh, at, at CNBC, actually, the business network. Uh, so I did some interning there and then ultimately got a full-time job on the uh, breaking news desk. So in that job, uh, that first experience really came from a, a mentor who I had uh, who was who was working for NBC Universal at the time. And um, he was just helping me transition, giving me some advice and everything. And, you know, he really convinced me to try to try to uh, join uh, NBC and to try to give media a hand, you know, and uh, he just said, your experience in the military and, you know, you know, all these things, he's like, you'd be a really good fit. Uh, so I tried it. I tried it for a year. I didn't really like it, to be honest. Um, and I had an opportunity to move on to a, a small little consulting firm in New York City um, and really focus on veteran hiring. They wanted to do some research around the, the veteran transition experience and, and work with companies uh, to help them improve um, you know, the, the culture at the company, you know, we did a lot of, um, they call them like these audits, you know, so we did a lot of um, uh, surveys and, and focus groups with employees at these huge multinational firms, and we would get feedback from them on their experience working at the company, and then we would brief their senior leadership. And uh, it was really, it was a, a great experience to learn um, about how how culture can be such a huge impact you know, with, with folks at, at various companies and how it differs and, and things like that. So, um, did that for a while and, and I ended up, um, four block ended up taking off a bit, um, a year or two into that job. And I, and I ended up working part-time with that company to, to, um, carry on the veteran research that we did. You know, and that took multiple, multiple years, uh, but that ended up, um, really focusing my efforts on growing four block. Yeah, so now that we've mentioned it several times, I'm sure everyone's wondering what is four block if they haven't heard of it yet. So I want to talk more about that. Um, and I'll just, you know, I just to cover some of the basics, I'll ask you just, you know, kind of a series of questions. So first and foremost, what was it that led you to um, you know, the beginning four block to founding it? Because I know that you were one of the founders. So what led you to that? And then, you know, what was your mission and what were some of the things that you hoped to accomplish? Sure. So there was a couple things that led to the founding of it. Uh, one was just my own experience transitioning and just under, you know, coming to the realization that a lot of people in the business world just didn't know about military experience. You know, and I, you know, I started talking to folks and going on some interviews, and I really started to understand that folks had no idea what military people did on a day-to-day -day basis. And I started to really have to teach people, you know, during my during the interview process or doing, you know, just the conversations that were in essence informative, you know, interviews, informational interviews. And people just didn't know. Um, and um, it was tough to talk about with some folks. Um, and, you know, it was difficult because they just didn't understand why someone would want to join the Marine Corps during a time of war. Um, and, you know, having to explain to them, well, I had family history and it was something that was sort of always in the back of my mind. I want to carry on that tradition. It sort of, it helped explain it away a bit. Uh, but then I had to talk about why I, why I got out, you know, and people were like, well, you had a great career going in the military or so it seems. So why would you get out if you had such a great thing going? You know, so it was almost like they were insinuating that I wasn't, I was embellishing a bit what I did in the military or, you know, something happened where I got in trouble, you know, so I had to explain that, you know, I was, the plan wasn't to serve for 20 or 30 years. And, 
you know, being on, uh, you know, year long deployments or seven or eight months and never seeing your family is a tough thing. And, you know, I did my time and I wanted to get out and have a career, you know, so like having to really explain through, you know, all of that, it was difficult, um, you know, and if, you know, a lot of the Marines who I served with started to give me a call. They knew I was in New York and was thinking about school or getting out and they were kind of running into the same problem. So I knew that there was an issue. Um, and then also uh, while I was serving, I ended up going to a lot of different events throughout New York City. And I had the honor of escorting a an Iwo Jima survivor. So a, a Marine who had um, who had served as an infantryman during Iwo Jima. He was you know, wounded. He was shot. And, um, you know, he, so he was the guest of honor at a lot of these different dinners and things like that. So I would pick him up from Grand Central and you know, take him to these events and, and everything. So I developed a pretty good relationship with him. And uh, one night he said to me that he had post-traumatic stress when he got back from the war. And it wasn't called that back then, but knowing now, you know, um, knowing what he knows now, he said he had all the symptoms and um, he says the only thing that really saved his life was that one morning his uncle um, dragged his hungover butt out of bed and got him a job at Standard Oil in Stanford, Connecticut. And he was sitting next to a, a Normandy army veteran and he was, he thought it was funny that they put him in the Marine division and he was just punching out invoices um, and he said it, it gave him purpose again. It gave him a, a reason to stop drinking and, you know, stop being a, you know, a, a, an idiot and, you know, get out of bed and just kind of get on with his life. And shortly after that, he, he met his wife and had a family and he had a very, very successful business career. So, you know, he credits getting that job with saving his life quite literally. Um, so, you know, as all these things started, you know, kind of, I started noodling all these things. I, you know, I just thought, you know, we need to get folks jobs, you know, as quickly as possible, and not just jobs, but meaningful jobs, jobs that, um, you know, are, are more like careers um, so that um, the likelihood that, you know, a veteran could go down a dark path um, is a little bit less. Um, so, um, you know, as all these things came together, that's really how I started thinking about starting for a block. Yeah, that's great. And I know that one of the great components about for block, and I'm sure that you'll talk about that in a little bit more detail is just the um, focus on community that you guys have. And it doesn't surprise me now talking to you because it sounds like that is such a fundamental part of who you guys are as an organization. Yeah, I mean, it started out with these classes. You know, it started out with bringing a group of veterans to a to a company location, you know, in the evening from, you know, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. and just having them meet other veterans who work at that company, have them meet recruiters, uh, and really, it's it, it. And to this day, Four Block is all about just helping folks build relationships. And it's through those relationships where understanding occurs, and people make better hiring decisions and be better career decisions, and and things like that. Uh, but it started out with just bringing people together at a company. And what was interesting is, you know, I started to see on like Facebook, Four Block, you know, folks would would start hanging out together on a Friday night, um, and it really started to create you know this community atmosphere. Um, and it's really the the strength of the of the program isn't you know it's not in the resume class you know you know it's not in the the interview class it's it's really in the people that you meet um, in the relationships that you you create you know, through the program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So you know when when you look at this program and everything that you've done so far, how do you think it's evolved over time? Like, what are the biggest things that stand out to you? Well, 
it, you know, frankly, it hasn't evolved too much. I mean, the, the core of the program is relationship building. It's bringing a group of veterans, you know, to a, to different company, you know, to different company locations every week, you know, over the course of a semester. Uh, the past year, it's obviously changed quite a bit because we can't do in person, so everything's virtual now. But even during the virtual classes, you know, it, it is still all about, you know, helping to connect the, the veterans with with other veterans who work at various companies or, you know, different industries and things like that. So, you know, from a from a core element perspective, it really hasn't changed much. It's still all about you know, um, relationship building and, and, and putting a veteran um, across the table or across the virtual, you know, computer screen uh, with a uh, with someone who works at that company, whether they're a veteran or a you know, senior executive or a you know, recruiter or HR person. Um, the curriculum, I think, has gotten, you know, it's gotten a lot better. You know, it used to be just a a, a, a kind of a, a bunch of good stuff that I put together. <laughs> and then after working with, um, you know, some folks over at Columbia University, and now we've got, you know, Dr. Lisa Stern and the other you know, regional directors, you know, I think we've developed a really robust, um, you know, pretty in-depth uh, curriculum that helps folks. There's really two aspects of it. One is helping, helping people figure out what they want to be when they grow up, you know, type of stuff. Uh, and then um, the more of the technical competencies of a career search, so resume writing, interview skills, how do you build relationships, um, how do you chart out a career path, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, you know, if somebody's listening to this and they don't know much about the program or this is their first time hearing about it, when I, I want to ask you to give an overview of the program, but you have touched on it a little bit already. So maybe like um, your elevator pitch, if I could ask you to do that, if you have an elevator pitch about <laughs> The career readiness program that, you know, if, if this is someone's first time hearing it, it'll kind of give them everything they need to know in a snapshot. Sure. I mean, the, so the career readiness program, it's it's designed to equip transitioning veterans uh, with the tools they need to develop professional knowledge and build the relationships necessary to transition into meaningful civilian careers. So that's that's sort of like our, our top line. You know, we partner with top companies across the country uh, to provide our program participants um, the programming. So uh, we don't have um, full-time people in every city that we're in. We actually, it's more of an adjunct professor model where we have um, people that, you know, many of them are veterans, some of them are not, um, who have full-time jobs. You know, they're at a lot of great companies, you know, uh, know, all around the, all around the United States. And um, they, uh, you know, from an adjunct perspective, they're the ones who are actually teaching our program to, to students, you know, all across the country. And we, we really like that model because it's, um, they're folks who are actually living it every day. You know, they're going to work every day at um, at SpaceX or Google or J.P. Morgan, and then you know, once a week, you know, each semester, they're 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 teaching veterans to help them, you know, help to help them transition. Um, so uh, each week, you know, program participants they they meet with these employer representatives from different companies and industries um, to learn about corporate culture, develop and practice technical competencies needed for an effective career search. Um, and then to gain access to both veteran and civilian employees uh, with whom relationships can be built. Um, so that is, um, that's the elevator pitch. I think that's great. And, you know, the more I learn about this program, it's just, it, you know, what we do here at Orion is that we're finding jobs for veterans. So it's like you do that, but then you also add this networking aspect to it in like the real life scenarios. It's like you said, these people are going to work every day with these companies and they're able to relay some of the real-time scenarios and lessons learned. So um, I would think that makes it a very powerful program. Well, it's it's not for everybody. Um, you know, there's, 
I don't know, 200,000 plus, you know, the number always changes. Veterans transition out from active service every single year. And it's an all of the above approach when it comes to supporting, you know, that that cohort, that group, 200,000. And there's going to be some folks in which Orion is like the perfect fit for them, you know, the, the perfect service for them. There's others where four block is the perfect fit for them. Um, and there's some others who need other type of support, you know? So, um, you know, we sort of have, um, you know, we have a, a program that, you know, a good number of people have benefited tremendously from. Um, there's some people who start our program and they realize this isn't for me, you know, and, and they move on. So, um, we like our program and, you know, it's, it's helped out a lot of folks, uh, but there's a lot of other people in the space who are doing great work and providing similar, but, you know, a little bit different support that, that, uh, veterans can benefit from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So what about the length of the program? Um, just in terms of like the time commitment, if someone wants to enroll in it, um, is it like a, you know, two month, four month, like what, what typically is the length of it? It's forever. There's no getting out once they're okay. in. <laughs> That's it. No, we we joke that we tell them it's it's like the mafia. Once they're in, there's no getting out, and we're you're, you know we're a community program, and we're going to hound them until they're successful. But um, joking aside, the the program is really ten to twelve weeks. That's that's what the the week to week programming entails. Uh, but the you know once the the formal aspect of the program's over, once that ten or twelve weeks is over, um, we don't stop you know supporting you. So. Um, whether or not you know you've found a job or an internship after those ten or um, twelve weeks, typically people don't. You know, I would say about a quarter of the class or so will find an internship or a job. You know, you know, before the program's over, it usually takes a month or two afterwards for folks to you know just due to the length of you know getting interviews and the process of hiring and things like that. It, you know, it doesn't happen in ten weeks. Um, so we continue to work with folks one on one. Um, and to make sure that they're successful. Um, and, you know, a number of years ago, folks who've been through the program, you know, the first couple of years started to come back to us and they started to ask, you know, if they can help them, if we can help them find the next step in their career. Um, so, um, you know, it starts to snowball a bit where people start coming back and, you know, they get plugged back into a program or they take it in Boston and then they move to Seattle and they say, hey, can I, can I jump into a couple of classes in Seattle and meet some folks? You know, so it's been a, a wonderful sort of um, a cool thing to see how the, um, the, you know, it's like cross-pollination, I guess, with four block you know, folks, you know, all across the country who come back and they help each other out. Um, so it's been, it's been pretty cool to see that. Mm-hmm. And what about the curriculum? What should people expect? Do you, would you say it's more structured or is it more work at your own pace or is it a combination of both maybe? It's a, so it's a blended experience is, is what we like to say. So there's pre-course work that they, that folks have to do on their own. And then week to week, there's independent work um, that people have to do. So there's a, a video to watch or there's something to read or there's, you know, sort of like homework they have to do. Um, and then when they come to the class, you know, they have these things prepared to, um, you know, to, to show someone or to have someone review or to practice. So it's um, a little bit self-paced, you know, a little bit more structured. Um, and it's really, it's also, you know, really centered around just getting feedback. You know, uh, people want feedback for, of, of how they're doing, you know, so, um, we use the blended experience. We use some, some of the online tools that we have, um, to really enhance the in-person or the virtual engagement where they're actually going to get, um, feedback from someone. So, you know, I guess what I mean by that is instead of sitting down for two hours and listening to, you know, someone talk about how to structure a resume, 
we're going to put all that into a handbook. We're going to, you know, have, have you watch a couple videos and we're going to have you come to class with a resume. And then, you know, for that time, we're going to have multiple people, you know, give you feedback on your resume as, as opposed to just sitting there and just listening to people for two hours. So, you know, we really tried to use the, the, pre-course work and the uh, online work as a way to enhance the in-person engagements. Mm -hmm. And it really sounds like one of those situations where the more you put into it, the more you get out of it, which, you know, I guess everything in life is that way, but this seems like it definitely would be in terms of, you know, you've got all these resources that are available, but really how impactful it's going to be is depending on how much work you want to put into it. And that kind of goes back to what you said before is, it's not for everyone. You really have to be at a point where you want to do this work and you really are in that discovery phase. Yep, you're exactly right. So who are some of your employment partners? Because I, I know you mentioned SpaceX, Google. Are those some of your partners? And if so, um, can you name a few others? Sure. So the 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 PwC Charitable Foundation has been our biggest sponsor, and PwC, um, the company has been our has been our best partner. I mean, um, they they've been supporting us uh, by hosting, you know, from hosting classes all the way back to 2013 timeframe, and um, from a financial and a, from a grant perspective, the PwC Charitable Foundation has been supporting us since 2015. But PwC has hosted classes for us in 14, 15 different cities. They've had several hundred of their employees um, you know, participate in our classes. I mean, they have gone above and beyond. You know, they've hired dozens of our folks. Um, so, and what's interesting too is, is they don't, you know, PwC doesn't have a problem hiring veterans. They've, they've got a lot of veterans there. They have a thriving, you know, veteran affinity network. Uh, but what, what they like most about us is that we've provided a platform for their employees to give back to the community in a very meaningful way. And um, a number of companies have come to us um, and have said the same thing uh, that their, you know, their veteran employee resource group or whatever it's called, um, they were having trouble, you know, figuring out a program to get behind, or they were doing these one-off events where they'd go for a run or they would pack, you know, packages on a Saturday to send overseas or things like that. Um, but they uh, looked at us and they said, well, this is a way for, you know, several of our offices to get behind, you know, one program and to, you know, give folks an opportunity to get in front of a group of people and to teach and to lecture and to coach and to mentor, you know, so um, some companies, they say, we don't care if we hire one of any of your veterans, but what we care about is that our, our employees find it very meaningful to engage with you all and, you know, across the country. Um, so it's interesting because our, our program, you know, I guess that is one thing going back to your, your previous question. One thing that has uh, evolved a bit is that you know, we developed a program to um, specifically help veterans transition. And what we ended up doing also was giving it, giving employees, uh, something meaningful to do in addition to their, their career. Um, and, um, you know, that's one thing that uh, we didn't really think about it when we set out this, you know, to create this program. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the cool things about this program is, you know, any veteran can network on their own and any job seeker in general can do some networking on their own, but to be able to have um, kind of an inside look at somebody who's currently working at these really big name companies. And so, you know, not even someone within your personal network that you would have ever had the opportunity to talk to or hear from before is that you're getting exposure to them and you're learning from them. So I would think that's, you know, one of the biggest benefits of participating in the program. But from your perspective, 
what are some of the others and you know some of the things that if someone comes to you and asks you like hey do you think this is right for me you know what are some of the benefits that you relate to them that you've seen from others that have gone through the program Sure. You know, one of them is, you know, we've, what we've talked about already before is that you're going to get a network. You know, you're going to not only are you going to be able to connect with uh, a, you know, a group of employers um, and one, yeah, and actually one of the things that in one way our program has evolved over the years too, is we have a, an online platform called four block connect, which is sort of like a, our mini, our mini LinkedIn. Um, so if you're taking the program, you know, in, um, in Washington, D.C., you can get connected to employers who host in, in L.A. or San Francisco or Houston um, and vice versa. You know, someone, a company that's hosted in Houston, you know, is able to reach out and connect with veterans from, you know, from different program locations. So, you know, the the employer network is um, is very strong um, and it's, um, you know, we're able to now connect people a little bit better nationally. Um, but also just from a, you know, what we tell folks, too, is that um, they're probably going to get more opportunities throughout their career by staying in, in, in contact with their peers, by staying in contact with the other people in their in their program. And, um, you know, so they're going to every, everyone's going to rise together in their careers and they're going to hear about different opportunities. So we tell folks, like, don't just network with the employers, network with each other. You know, because, you know, someone that uh, you're sitting next to or you, you log in and you're on Zoom, you know, once a week with, you know, that person may, you know, land something you know, at a company that you really want to work at, you know, and you know, that connection is going to be, um, you know, wonderful for you to be able to to leverage um, to get, you know, to you know, move on to the next step in your career. So not just the employer network, I would say that the peer to peer network is also is also just as important. Mm hmm. You know, and you know when we when we talk about all of these cool things that you guys are doing and um, all the companies that you work with, these big name companies, like I mentioned, it sounds great to all of the listeners, but they may be wondering, okay, so what about the success stories? And I know you do have a lot of those on the website, and of course, we'll link the website when we post the podcast, so people can go and learn more about it too. Um, one of the things that stuck out to me was that you have a statistic statistic on your website that says 84% of your alumni find new careers and remain employed one year after exiting the program. And that's higher than the national average retention rate. Um, that is only 57% of veterans say at their first job after military service. And that's something that we see a lot at Orion too and talk to our employers about that. They're always hesitant because retention is such a big thing with employers these days. And so they're always hesitant to you know, hire people who they think aren't going to stay. And unfortunately, a lot of veterans do have that, um, you know, kind of stigma attached to them because, you know, they're just transitioning out. They haven't quite figured out what they want to do. And so I think the fear for some employers is that maybe they jump into a job, figure out it's not right for them and then leave. So I think that that statistic is very powerful and it shows really how good the program is that, it's showing people what they want to do before they make that commitment. And then it makes them better long-term match for a company. But are there any other kind of results or proof points that you would want to share? Well, I would say when, when we look at the retention and some of the success that we've had, um, you know, I, I think there's a couple ways you can look at it. This is, this program is not for everybody and it is a lot of work. You know, we tell everybody there's at least three to five hours of work per week throughout this. So I think there is a self-selection piece to this. You know, there's some folks who are going to look at that and they're like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And there's others who are super motivated, who are really willing to put in the work. Um, and, you know, they're going to they're going to do great. You know, so I think there's an element that 
just due to the the rigor of the program, um, you know, we do get like pretty solid people, you know, and we get r- pretty solid people who are who are motivated, who are professional, who are really put in the work, who are serious about their transition. And, you know, we see that with the feedback from our employers is, you know, after visiting a cohort or, you know, being involved in it, they, you know, a lot of the feedback we get, we get back from them is like, wow, this was really an impressive group. Um, you know, so I think um, there is a, there is an element of that, you know, we're getting, you know, really serious people, you know, who, um, you know, who want to transition in um, and take a step up in their career, not necessarily one step back, you know, in, in two steps forward here. So I think there's there's that piece. And there's also, you know, this it is a long gestation period. You know, the, you are getting exposure to a lot of different people. You know, it's, you know, although the formal programs 10 to 12 weeks, it's, it, it, you know, the support is really much longer than that. Um, and you're, you know, the relationship building piece also allows for some candid conversations, you know, so you, you get connected to someone, you're building a relationship with them a bit. Um, you know, the nature of the program is that it's, it's you know, it, I guess, you know, I guess a safe environment where you're able to ask questions that you probably wouldn't normally ask in an interview, you know, to someone, Um, you know, so I think through the program, veterans are making better decisions um, on where they should be going, where they want to go. And then they're getting connected to the right people in order to get there. Um, And then on the employer side, it's, it's similar in that you're, you're you're able to build a relationship with someone and have an idea whether or not they're going to be a good fit at your company. And you're also in a position to let them know, like, you know, you should probably look at this type of career or, you know, maybe you would be a very good fit here. You know, so I think there's better decisions that are occurring, you know, as a result of the sort of the long process of the program and the relationships that, that evolve from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. And like I said, you have tons of success stories highlighted on your website. And so I won't ask you to choose a favorite of someone that stands out to you the most, but I will encourage everyone to go check that out as well when they're listening to this podcast. So um, speaking of podcasts, you're very well spoken. So it shouldn't surprise anybody that you actually have a podcast of your own. And I know that you have a large library of podcast episodes, some great guests. So you know, how did that evolve? Is that something that you've been doing for a while? What are some of the topics that you cover? And then are there any guests that have stood out to you? Sure. So we started it uh, in, let's see here, what year are we in? We're almost in 2021. So I guess fall 2019. So what we haven't been doing it very long. So you know, a little over a year or so. And, um, you know, we were just thinking, you know, how can we get the word out and, you know, have conversations about, you know, the career transition and, um, you know, we, we'd write articles, we do a lot of different things, but the podcast just seemed like a pretty cool, you know, opportunity to interview a lot of our alumni and some of our corporate partners and just, you know, have more candid, you know, public conversations about, about things. So that's when, that's when we started it. One of our board members, uh, Lindsay Pollack, um, she's a career and workplace expert, um, New York times bestselling author. She's, she's one, she's the co-host and, um, it's been great. I mean, it's, uh, I couldn't possibly choose a favorite um, without offending everybody, but, uh, <laughs> we've had some really good conversations and we actually were in the middle of just republishing our, our top five most downloaded episodes. So the, the, the most downloaded was actually the very first one that we did with general Krulak, who is, uh, the 31st commandant on the Marine Corps. And, uh, he actually came up with, um, back in 1999, he wrote, um, the strategic corporal leadership in the three block war. And he, um, basically through a short story um, and the short story discussed um, 
a young corporal who was bringing his his squad through a fictitious Middle Eastern city, and in each city block represented a new type of challenge that this young corporal would have to be prepared to um, to face in this sort of new uh, dynamic of of war. So he actually very much predicted the type of conflict that we were in, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, it wasn't a conventional, you know, symmetric, um, you know, war. It was very asymmetric, you know, and he basically made the argument that corporals would have to be able to do and, um, make decisions, um, and do the job that, you know, lieutenants and captains had to do years ago in, in previous wars. Um, so, you know, training for Iraq and Afghanistan, for me, Afghanistan, it was all about the three block war, three block war. Um, and so in thinking about, um, then, you know, the name for four block, you know, it just, it hit me one day that, you know, in order to win these wars, um, there's really one more challenge that corporals have to face at Marines and soldiers and everyone coming back from these wars. And that's integrating back in, into society and, um, you know, having a, a successful civilian career. And, and, you know, because if, if, if we win the battles overseas and everyone comes home and, you know, is, you know, uh, unable to integrate back in society did we really win these wars mm -hmm. um so it's really this that's what four block means is is you know there's one more challenge that folks have to face and that's coming back home and, and having successful lives and successful careers and it's a mission that everyone back home can get behind you know it's it's about um you know corporations and and folks who who had not served overseas you can serve by helping a veteran transition you, you know it's just as important um you know so it's more of a so the name really it it helps emphasize the community aspect of our of our program. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I can't believe I let you get over 35 minutes in without telling us what four block <laughs> meant. <laughs> Very good. So thank you for mentioning that. I also like how you asked what year it was. I think we're all trying to forget what year it is, but luckily, like I said. 2021 this when this one will come out and so looking forward kind of goes to my next point of what I was going to ask you what's next for you in four block do you guys have anything that you're looking forward to in 2021 other than hopefully getting back to the in-person classes um, you know I know you're excited about the podcast so do you have anyone cool that you're going to interview but really just anything in general you're excited about for this upcoming year sure well I think I think the new normal is that we're we're going to have some element of virtual programming, you know, for the foreseeable future. You know, I, I don't think this spring there's going to be any in-person engagements, you know, just talking with our corporate partners, even when they, if they do allow employees to come back, you know, the idea of, of having 20, 30, 40 you know, <laughs> yeah. guests come in and, and sit in a conference room is probably not going to happen. So mm -hmm. we're going to be virtual probably, you know, at least till the fall. And then they'll also, you know, we'll always have some element of of the of you know virtual classes, and hopefully we can get back in person. Um, the you know one of the things that we're really looking forward to is the growth of our spouse program. So this past fall, we had two cohorts of of military spouses from all over the United States and Ukraine and Italy. Uh, we partnered with an organization called Prepare to Launch You, and it's two women who do career coaching. And they ended up having um, throughout the, the you know the number of years that they've been in business, they've had a number of military spouses and, and female veterans take their programming. Um, so we actually interviewed um, Susan on on one of our pod, uh, podcast episode, and uh, she was an acquaintance with uh, Lindsay, the co-host. And just through the podcast interview and through some you know follow-on conversations, you know it made perfect sense. You know, it was just very complimentary 
programming that we have. So we partnered with them to to launch this program, and uh, they do. You know, it's very similar to what we do in that it's it's very high touch, um, you know, week to week programming over the course of a semester, very community based. Uh, but what they don't do is the support with employers, and that's where we really come in. Is that um, you know we're we're with them throughout the semester. They you know take the lead on on the on the teaching and the coaching, and then uh, we use our corporate um, our corporate partners to to really complement you know the the programming that they 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 help deliver. So we're going to do two more cohorts starting in February, and we we hope to continue to grow that you know in 2021. Mm-hmm. I love that. I like the military spouse aspect because, you know, we talk to a lot of employers who are also very interested in hiring military spouses. I mean, really, at the end of the day, they possess a lot of the same qualities that people are looking to um, for veteran job seekers as well. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, we were, we've been thinking about this for a long time and how we want to do it. And over the years, we've had military spouses just join our our career readiness program, whether they they just attended with their with their military spouse, or you know whether they just did it independently. And it was sort of onesies and twosies throughout. And we had some mixed results. I mean, some um, did a great job and and really fit in. Other people, you know, other spouses, it just you know our programming for veterans. It's very veteran specific. It's veteran language, and it's you know it's um, not tailored towards a military spouse. And um, it, I was talking to a military spouse, um, you know, maybe a year or two ago, and she said, um, don't and me. And that really hit home, you know, just because um, you have a program for a veteran doesn't mean it's also going to be fine for a spouse. So like, don't and me, you know, it, spouses are a completely different demographic, um, different needs um, and everything. So, and that made me realize that we can't just you know, can't just throw military spouses into our veteran career readiness program and expect them to be successful, that we really need to be thoughtful about, you know, what we're going to do for that demographic of people. Because you're right. I mean, they're incredibly, it's an incredibly talented group of folks um, who just, who just need different support um, from, you know, from actual service uh, men and women who are transitioning out. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. So, you know, looking back on your career, have there been any events that you now think of as defining moments? Maybe you didn't know at the time, but, you know, now looking back, you see them as that, or maybe you do know at the time and it was something that stopped you in your tracks. But is there anything that stands out to you that you'd want to share? Hmm, that's a really good question. Defining I feel like I moments. Very, I made it seem very dramatic. It doesn't have to be <laughs> dramatic. Well, I mean, holistically, I mean, I was on the path to be a teacher and a coach, you know, so when 9-11 hit, it you know, completely changed the course of my life. Uh, so, I mean, that was certainly a defining moment. And I was very lucky in the military. And I'm, I continue to be lucky and, you know, still serving in the reserve. So I'll knock on wood a bit. But military was very, has been very good to me. And I think I've gotten more out of the military than I've, than I've given in. Um, so continuing to, con- you know, try to find ways to, to you know, have a, a net equal and, and serve and, and to give back because I think I've just, I've gained so much more than I've put in. Um, you know, so I think, you know, certainly 9-11 was a defining moment. I think transitioning out too. I mean, just coming to the realization that I wasn't nearly as awesome as I thought I was. And, you know, <laughs> having that sort of gut punch of, you know, you know not, you know, people aren't going to be like throwing themselves to, to hire me. I think that was also a defining moment and really, um, put me on the course to think through and think about starting four blocks. So probably those two moments, um, you know, were, you know, as when it comes to my career, you know, the most, um, you know, had the biggest impact, I guess. 
Yeah, that makes sense. So just to wrap this up, I really appreciate you joining us and um, hopefully everyone will go and check out Four Block, you know, obviously the program, but the podcast and all the other resources that you guys have over there. If we, if you wanted to leave us with any lasting advice for, you know, veterans who are transitioning out of the military and beginning a civilian career, what would that be? I would say continue to find ways to serve. Um, service members, it's its baked into what we're called service members, right? You're, you're joining, you, you join the military to, um, to be a part of something bigger than yourself and to, and to have a mission and to, um, and to, and to help others. And you sort of lose that sometimes when you're transitioning out and you, you, you go internal, you know, it's something that we say in the Marine Corps is you, you go internal when, when it's raining and it's cold and you're hungry, you, you know, people have a tendency only to think about how cold and hungry and, and what they are, right? But if you if you think out, outwardly and you think about how you can continue to help and you think about your mission, then you're 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 um, you're looking at things from a position of strength rather than a position of weakness. So even if you're transitioning, think about where you can continue to serve, even if it's helping out your neighbors or volunteering at a soup kitchen or, you know, doing whatever, but, you know, it's inherent in every veteran to want to help others. And if you, if you do that, if you think about that, then you're ultimately going to you know, meet the folks and, you know, find out where, where you can have an impact in life in your community and you'll end up being okay. But, you know, don't go internal, you know, figure out how you can continue to help even when you transition and, and you'll figure it out. Well, that is very great advice and a good way to close this out. So, Mike, again, thank you so much for joining us. We'll include all of the links to um, Forbach for people to learn more about it in the podcast notes. And, um, yeah, we'll keep in touch. I'm excited about this partnership. Awesome. Me too. Thank you so much. Have a great new year. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond, so make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.